This is Barrels and Barrels, a bourbon and baseball podcast with your hosts, Brendan Spinner, Michael Burns, and Kyle Rowe. And welcome back into episode five of Barrels and Barrels, a bourbon and baseball podcast. I'm Brandon Spinner alongside, as always, Michael Burns and Kyle Rhodes. We welcome you in for episode five. Mike, Kyle, how you guys doing this week? We're making it, man. Had some, we had the freeze warning coming in tonight, but Ooh. baseball weekend-wise, it was great. I was healthy. I could actually enjoy some bourbon without, you know, with being able to breathe and smell it. So it was a good weekend. Kyle? Yeah, same. Kept it healthy. Did not enjoy bourbon this weekend, <laughs> but it was a good weekend. Cool, cool. I had a pretty good weekend. I had family in town. Uh, the weather was beautiful here in Cincinnati and northern Kentucky. Uh, had some family visiting, as I mentioned. And it um, it's, it's going to be a good week with uh, the new series starting. The ALCS and the NLCS will get underway here as we record this on Monday. Uh, the current game between the Yankees and the Guardians is in a rain delay. There's a cold front, you know, moving across the East Coast, and what that's doing is it's creating some showers and storms. Not going to get too technical, but <laughs> the game's in a rain delay, and it uh, it will be Game Five, which is the elim- elimination game of the ALDS in that series, uh, and we've got two good matchups there against those two teams. So let's break down first. Uh, bourbon, as we always will, and then we'll break down the games. I do want to shout out a few listeners who have chimed in over the last couple of weeks. Uh, JP, Proof in the Bottle, has listened. I've heard from him, my dad as well. Have you guys had anybody reach out in the last week talk to you about the podcast at all, Michael? I've had a lot more uh, of my closer friends actually started following the group, Um, so no one in particular, but uh, I I still get feedback from uh, Angie's Aunt Kathy every time. Angie's Aunt Kathy. That's right. Yeah. Kyle? <laughs> I'm looking him up right now. Stand by. Did we hit 300 followers in the last week? We were right? at 310 last week because I announced we were at 312. And then as I said that, we lost two followers. <laughs> so, but I think we're up into the like 325, 330 category last I've checked. And we have changed our Instagram handle. Um, so if you were originally listening to this and now you were just deciding, hey, I'm going to go look up Barrels and Barrels on Instagram, it is no longer our old handle. It is now at Barrels, the letter N, barrels pod so barrels and barrels pod uh on instagram as i look now we have 338 followers so big shout out to all of you guys who have chimed in who've liked our stuff what was that kyle uh i found who i was going to talk about who you can talk about i want to shout out bourbon in the borough borough oh yeah Yeah, definitely running his 10k oh yeah over the week and And spartan uh, race the spartan 10k yeah, so congrats to you. Yeah, he's been a very loyal listener. He's in Springboro, um, just up the road from Cincinnati. Uh, huge baseball guy. Uh, almost ran into Red Sox him. fan. Yeah, Red Sox fan. I almost ran into him at the Red Sox and Reds game, but my phone died. So, yep, that's that's how that worked. But let's jump right into something different this week. Before we get going, guys, I wanted to give you a trivia question. So the Astros have moved on to the ALCS. This is the sixth straight ALCS or championship series appearance 
which team has the most um, consecutive? This is the second time this has ever happened. Which team has the most and how many was it? Michael, we'll go with you first. And to the CS, is it AL or NL? You want to give it that hint at all? It's AL or NL. So the championship series appearances. I'm just going to say the Yankees at eight. Yeah, that and was going to be my guess was the Yankees. And do you have a number? Uh, six. Michael gets partial credit for the eight. But if you think back, we were young. There was this team. They had a stud rotation in the 1990s. I believe they had a three-headed monster of John, of John Smoltz, Tom Glavin, oh, really? and Greg Maddox from 1991 to 1999 because there was that one strike year. The Braves went to eight straight NLCSs, and they came away with one World Series. But So is that a win week, or success? They let though? us down. I'd call it a success. That's sustained success. Sustained success over a whole decade. There were ten of, or there were nine of them in that decade. You made it to eight out of nine. That's eighty-eight percent. I'd say that's success. So, yeah. that was a cool statistic and trivia question. I saw um, a big deal there. So this week, as we are a bourbon and baseball podcast, we're going to start with a bourbon portion. Last week, we did a review um, with Blade and Bo. Good stuff there. This week, we are turning to a different distiller. This one is Smoke Wagon Small Batch Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Uh, this is out of Nevada. Uh, also, actually, out of Las Vegas, Nevada. This is from the Nevada Agency Distilling Company. Uh, this is one of their four now regular options. Mike and I are holding it up on YouTube. You can always stream us there or watch us there. Uh, but if you're listening in on the podcast, let's describe the bottle. I'm going to do my best Pat Hughes impression. It is a amber-ish dark bottle. Uh, standing. It kind of looks like a wine bottle, if you would think, a dark wine bottle with a lot of gold on it. It's got a small label on the bottom, uh, about an inch and a half up or so, and it's about two inches tall. And it's got their logo. It says Small Batch Straight Bourbon Whiskey, Las Vegas. It's 100 proof. And then right at the top, there is a gold seal with their logo itself, which is two guns crossing and the uh, state of Nevada. With It says Smoke Wagon, Bebamus, Moriendum, <laughs> EST. So I'm assuming that has some meaning to it. I haven't looked it up. Michael, do you know what that means? I don't know. Uh, we both had this before, so we're going to be revisiting this. Um, Smoke Wagon, I believe, came around 2016. This is an MGP yes. juice, um, which means it was distilled out of Lawrenceburg, Indiana, uh, at the MGP distillery, uh, which sources out a lot of their bourbon. A lot of bourbon here across the United States, whether you're starting out uh, a distilling company or a, a bottling company and you want to start selling bourbon, uh, one of the good places to go to is MGP. This is the MGP High Rye Mash Bill. So it's going to be 60% corn, 36% rye, 4% malted barley. As I mentioned, it's 100 proof. This is one of their four main offerings, as I mentioned, uh, as I pour my one ounce for the boys over at Reaching for the Bars. So we're October still underway. We're 17 days through. Boy, it just felt like a whole year. Whoa, uh, you're halfway there. Whoa, whoa. I like how you said you're halfway there, Mr. <laughs> Not Participating. 
We're going to give Michael a participation <laughs> trophy just because, anyways, because there were the three or four days that he didn't drink. Uh, but as I mentioned, it's one of their four. They've got a straight um, bourbon, which is their lowest offering regarding uh, years, I believe, as well as price-wise. That's a big one to find right now because it's they've got a special Halloween bottle right now. And it actually glows in the dark, Kyle. So that's kind of cool. Um, Aaron from yeah. Nevada Distilling Company and Smoke Wagon, he likes to put out different kind of holidays. They've done a Christmas one. They've got a 4th of July one. And this is their second Halloween one. Um, so that's really cool. The that's Small fun. Batch is their second offering. Smoke Wagon Uncut Unfiltered is their fourth. And now they've got Uncut and Unfilter, the younger edition. Um, which has now become part of their everyday lineup. They've got several different kinds. I know they're doing experimental rise. Um, and the cool thing is each bottle has a wax stamp in it, unless it's the straight bourbon. Uh, just a different re- color, too. Yeah, and each color represents a different uh, offering. The gold is the small batch. The black is the uncut, unfiltered. Red, I believe, is private barrel select. There's a blue. There's a, The green is rye, which generally goes with how the whiskey world is rye has been given the color green um for the most Who decided part that? yeah I, I read an article a couple of years ago about it i'll have to go find it back up but as far as this bourbon um again high rye so it's gonna have a little bit of a spice i get cinnamon right off the bat for my nose some leathery definitely there, some creamy caramel right away on the nose yeah i've got some fruit that's what I do find I enjoy about the smoke wagon is the floral, the floral on the palate. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is 100 proof, so it's going to be the a little bit lower than their usual uncut, unfiltered. Um, it's not a bottled in bond, but I think there is rumblings that smoke wagon may be coming out with a bottled in bond soon or in the near future. So that's That'd be exciting. Yeah. Uh, I'll have to reach out to Aaron on Instagram. He's really cool to interact with on Instagram too, as well. He does interact very um, well. Yep. So big shout out to them. This bottle he puts you out can, reels. Yeah, this bottle uh, MSRP right around forty five to fifty five dollars. So it's not going to break the bank, but um, it's up there. It's not one of those that you're just going to find on the bottom shelf. This is becoming a little easier to find in a lot of states, but it's still not carried in every other uh, every state in the United States. So it's hard to find. I know Alabama. You can't find it there, but in Tennessee they have it. I can find yep. it here in Kentucky and into Ohio at times. So what you took a sip, Michael. What did you get with a with your palate out of that? I still, even on the nose and on the palate, I get caramel. Gets transitions right away to like a a light vanilla, and then a, the spice, the peppery spice, kind of finishes. It finishes it out within the floral linger. Mm-hmm. So, caramel right up front for me. I get a little bit of pepper. Yep. But it's not that harsh pepper. Some some whiskeys can... Rye, rye pepper. Right. Um, <clears throat> I get a... It's in the name, Smoke Wagon. But I get a very smoky feel to this. Almost a tobacco-y hint on the back side with finishing your mouth well mm -hmm. like we talked about last week yeah Uh, the viscosity is pretty good um and i'd say the color is pretty amber um a lot of people say that you hide the color 
with a darker bottle when you bottle yeah, it. I was, I was just about um, to comment that. And usually when you do that, it means that there's not a whole lot of color to your bourbon or your juice. But I'd say there's a lot of color for this pour. I like. I, I really like this bottle. It doesn't have a lot in the front, so mm-hmm. you get to see the color while, while it's on the shelf. To and pick and I think that's why the Buffalo Trace Antique Collection is so eye-catching, too, is because the labels are literally like a half an inch on the entire bottle and everything else right. is see-through. But, man, uh, this is a good pour. This is char level four. So, Kyle, when they put the bourbon in or when they put the white dog, which is... Uh, basically the moonshine that comes straight out of the still into the barrels. These barrels are charred to a different level. The higher the number, the higher the char. Uh, and as we'll talk about in a future 101 or bourbon 101 podcast, the higher the char level just means they burnt it a little higher in heat or for a little longer. So there's a lot more char on the barrel itself than if they had just done a char level 2 or a char level 3. And if you go to a distillery tour, they usually have examples of how maybe they char their barrels um, or what it actually looks like as the juice touches it. So I looked on their website. I saw that they said the nose is more of an oak fruit and dried apricots. I got some fruit out of that. I didn't necessarily get the apricots. Definitely some oak. Um, Their their palate and their taste, they put white pepper, sweet oak, caramel, fruit, and rye. I did get a little bit of rye. The white pepper I mentioned... um, and then I, they don't list it, but I do have a pretty decent tobacco after, like, back end of the pour to me. What I see here, say it is, as why Smoke Wagon is unique, is it's, everything else is usually in the, in the East Coast, Midwest, mm-hmm. a little bit of Kentucky, where Nevada is a drier heat. So that might, might give it a little bit of a different pull out of the barrels, mm-hmm. a little different taste. And then that he uses, the company uses older barrels to help tame the spiciness and give it a, even doesn't have the age of some other uh, bourbons, uh, it, it tries to tame the spice via that uh, older barrels rather than uh, having that young age statement, uh, only, what, two, three, four years maybe? I think this is a four year. I could be wrong. I think they're straight as a two year or just older <laughs> than two um but yes very good stuff um this they've been doing something right they've won gold four times in the last six years at the uh, san francisco world spirits competition just for small batch itself 2016 which was the first year 17 19 and then 21 uh good stuff if we had to rate it michael we developed a new rating system uh do you want to break that down which one a hall of famer all-star and all that so, um, I think you, you would you would match this along with the, the other small batches on the shelf. You know, Four Roses mm-hmm. small batch, Elijah Craig small batch. Um, they're all about this, the same price. This might be a, a little bit more, but I think this stands on its own. It doesn't have the big name distillery, um, so uh, not too readily available. Um, I don't know. Have my our. I, I would say that this is easily an everyday player. You know, if we were rating this from, you know, all-star to Hall of Famer to uh, bench player, this is definitely at least an everyday player. He's going to be on the field every day. He's good for an everyday pour. Mm -hmm. Uh, You're not going to break the bank too much, 
with this with a small batch bourbon if you can find no, it if you can MSRP. find this for 45 dollars, pull the trigger right away um i right. probably wouldn't pay anything more than 60 maybe not anything more than 55 for this just because they've got the uncut <laughs> offering but i'd say every day is right about where i would rank this as well um with every once in a while it becomes an all-star <laughs> right um, and speaking of that a lot of all-stars in the playoffs right now as the ALDS and NLDS series have wrapped up all but one. Uh, the one that hasn't is that Yankees and Guardians matchup, which is still in a delay. I believe first pitch for us here is just about 10 to 20 minutes away. But when this comes out, you guys will already know the winner. So you know something we don't. However, um, Let's recap the earlier series before we get to that one, because maybe as we get through these series, we may have an answer of how that game's going. Uh, we all picked the Atlanta Braves to move on. You guys both Come had on. them in the World Series. They took I, on the it's Phillies. It's got to be my fault. Yeah, it's, it's Mike, be my fault. It's always Michael's fault. It can't be Kyle's. Kyle's right. Everybody I've picked has lost. <laughs> Except one, I think. I think he won one point. Uh, as far as that series, what stuck out or stuck out the most to you, Michael? The Braves did not hit. The Braves did not hit. I think in game one they, or game two, they had four hits. In elimination game, they had four hits where the Phillies came out and they were hitting. Uh, even then, their Alec, Bo- Alec Bohm showed up. Gene Segura, I think, had a hit in every series, in every game in that series. Bryce Harper showed up. Nick Cassiano showed up. Uh, Reese Hoskins, as everyone you know saw, I think Kyle absolutely loves uh, what, what Reese Hoskins did. Um, Aaron Nola, I mean, that team, they showed up. The Phillies, I don't, you could argue maybe uh, it was those day games. The Braves weren't prepped for those all those day games. I heard the argument that all the day games were low run scoring maybe because of the shadows. But uh, but they weren't low yeah. run scoring. The the Braves usually play at seven o'clock Eastern, you know, and all of a sudden they're being asked to come during the daylight. Yeah, who knows? But both yeah. teams had Philly, to play the Philly same thing. Up. That's my thing, though. Like both teams had the same t- start time. They're both on the East Coast. It's not like one was a West Coast team playing on the East Coast in the later uh, or earlier time frame for their bodies. Kyle, what what stood out to you in the series? What was a surprise or anything along those lines? I didn't get to watch any of the games this weekend. Pretty bummed about that. But and why uh, is that? Why is that? Because you can't watch the games on MLB.tv. Yes, that's right. That pisses me off. Still. Everything's on cable, and nobody has cable anymore. And that's why... My parents. What's that? <laughs> Cop it off your parents. <laughs> I did that for <laughs> half of the series. Kyle? But, uh, like, what I did see from recaps online... Uh, yeah, the Braves just did not hit. And the uh, the Phillies brought the bats that we thought the Braves were going to bring. Yep. Yeah, I. so I watched a lot of this series. Um, to put this out there, I only watched mostly NL games because they were the only games I could stream through the Fox app. The other games were on TBS, I believe, um, mm-hmm. or uh, True TV or something along those lines. I couldn't find those. I couldn't find a way to stream those. So I basically watched the NL series. Phillies in Atlanta. What I noticed is game one, Phillies came out popping. Also, I don't know what Snitker was thinking with the rotation. And that's my one gripe uh, is I would have started Spencer Strider in game two. I know Kyle Wright and the Braves won game two. But you've got Strider, 
He's a rookie. This is his first taste of the playoffs. He didn't have the NLDS or the NL wildcard series to get some experience. You're throwing him into a hostile environment in game three versus the Phillies, and they blew him away. It was a 9-1 to win. Aaron Nola shoved um, where I think you could easily flip-flop and put Kyle Wright in game three and had a better matchup and maybe got Spencer that comfort level at home and stolen game three back. But once they blew them away in game three, the Phillies won nine to one. You had Reese Hotskins with that incredible home run and the bat slam. I think at that point, that was the nail in the coffin. Game four, and who cares what happens because the Phillies were just, I think that you could even tell it. Robert Acuna was completely checked out of game four. Absolutely. He made three or four different mental errors. You can live with physical mistakes. It's the mental mistakes that are going to get you, and it can tell you whether or not a team's got it or not. And Acuna made, I think, two or three, especially on the JT Realmuto inside the park home run. John Smoltz ripped him apart on that one. But you could tell at that point they were done. At that moment. And so you wonder, too. You mentioned Strider went in game two instead of game three. He went in game three. I, he should have gone, in my mind, in game two. Oh, at, at home? Yes. When was the last time Strider had actually pitched? in the Because in the regular season, wasn't he not shut down for oblique I, issues? I don't know. So was he off for 10 to 15 days? Not just five days, but 10 to 15. I think he may have started a game like in the final week. and But it was just more of a tune-up game. But he remember, he had oblique issues. They, shut, they put him on the I.L., well, and it was his first uh, year in the big leagues. So usually you're right. not playing as many innings yeah, he, or pitching as many innings in the minors. Go ahead, Kyle. He was on a 15-day IL. Going into the end of the season? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. And so he hadn't pitched in how long, and then they're going <clears> to, <throat> like you said, throw him in there. Maybe, you know, it should have worked him into like a relief, like long relief guy and gotten that belt. They had four guys. They had five guys almost, you know? Yeah. To have Charlie and Morton go and then Max Fried on short rest. They could have had Strider as that like two to three inning guy in game, you know, in game one or game three and been fine. Yeah, it looks like the last game he pitched was September 18th <clears throat> versus the Phillies and he went six innings. He shoved. He gave up one run on a bomb, but he's inexperienced. In the playoffs, he's a rookie. You're expecting it to happen, but like, I I just think it was kind of odd that Snicker threw him in Game Three on the road. Um, that was just my gripe. But hats off to the Phillies, man. They're a fun team. They're a fun team. They've got some, and it wasn't just their studs. It wasn't just Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper has three home runs in the playoffs, but Kyle Schwarber hasn't done anything yet. Castellanos came out game one and got out of his rut um, from the regular season, but you've got uh, Walsh, I believe, hit that three-run home run. Or Marsh, excuse me. Marsh. Marsh. Uh, Get him and Jared Walsh. The other angel. Yeah. uh, Mixed up. Long hair, too, right? Yes. And And lefties. Lefties and beard, right? So moving on to the next series, which wrapped up on Saturday, this was a more compelling series than if you would have looked at the box scores itself. Right. The the Astros swept the Mariners 3-0. But games two, the games one and two, could have very easily gone to the Mariners. Michael? Yeah, the it, the Mariners can't be too Mariners fans cannot be too upset themselves. They played great ball. It was I mean, especially in game 3, it was one swing difference. Mm-hmm. One swing difference. The Mariners did not do bad. George Kirby, 
who started that elimination game, started the year in double A, and that dude shoved for seven innings. Yeah, Kyle, so, you were talking I mean, to me before we got on the phone that Kirby was one of your guys of the week, right? Yeah. From all the uh, recaps and slates that everybody else was putting up, absolutely shoved. Yeah, Kyle was on vacation and also doesn't have cable, so it's hard to see every once in a while. But big stuff with the family time. You need that for sure. Um I had some family in time, too, so that's another reason why I didn't get to watch all the games. But what I did see out of that series was Jordan Alvarez just putting the team on his back. If it's not for him, they lose game one. They probably lose game two. And game three was a Pena 18th inning home run. The Mariners, as you mentioned, came out. They played fantastic baseball. They were up seven. Well, they had a seven-run scoring game in game one and they blew it with uh, what was it seven three at one point i think michael i was just looking at looking that up yeah and then jordan in game two had an eighth inning home run i believe to take the lead yeah um how about that walk-off though like does that not i know our guy over at whiskey and walk-offs was losing it losing his mind because he's a huge astros fan um and michael's got a new whiskey and walk-up which one did you choose I got. I went with the ESPN logo bourbon, B R B N. I guess I can give my whiskey and walk off shout out. I've got sunshine and whiskey. Walk offs and whiskey. Walk offs. I do that all the time. Whiskey's more on my brain than the walk offs. Walk offs and whiskey. <laughs> my my word. Uh, but mine is sunshine and whiskey. It's kind of a weather play, but also there's that song by Frankie Ballard, "Sunshine and Whiskey." But that was a more competitive series than it looked. It looks like the Astros just completely ran him over. But and speaking all... of Jordan, the Astros traded for Jordan. They didn't bring him up through their, one of their many international mm-hmm. prospects. They got Jordan from none other than the Dodgers. Yeah, How... Another Dodgers talent. Who? What trade was that? <clears throat> that was 2016. They traded uh, Jordan for Josh Fields, right-handed pitcher Josh Fields. Oh, he was a reliever. Yeah. Not to be confused with the former White Sox, Josh Fields, third baseman. Third baseman. Um, next series to recap. Good transition there, Michael. L.A. versus San Diego. L.A. came out game one. One. They won at home, grabbed the momentum, and then the Padres go on to win the series. Three games to one, ripping three in a row off. Uh, a lot of people picked the Dodgers to win it all. They had 111 wins. Does this surprise you, Michael, that they flamed out in four games? Or what What do you think the issue was? Or was it just the Padres are playing better baseball? It's That's the Dodgers. The, they might have had the, the bats, but the pitching doesn't show, didn't show up. It does year after year. I heard someone else talking about it. Uh, they've made the ALCS where they've had how many, you know, success in the last. I mean, they were in the CS in, the, it was it 2016, 2015 against the Cubs? 2016 versus the Cubs because uh, the uh, Mets so and the Cubs played in 15. They've basically been competitive ever since then. And they played the uh, in 2017. They were against the Red Sox. I believe they lost the Nationals as well. Um, but so they've been yeah. how many times? And, and they just, beat the Cubs in 2017. It doesn't 2017. work out. Yeah, yeah it's just not working out. I really thought, too, when, the, when they came in and game, won game one, that that killed the Padres momentum like you like you just mentioned Brandon but I was pretty happy to see the Padres come away with it. I mean they were close nail biter games. I think mm-hmm. 
one game, Josh Hader, who finally showed up. You right. know, when the Padres first acquired him, it looked like a messy, you know, hey, what what was wrong with him that the Brewers knew? Mm-hmm. Um, but he, for one of the final outs, for final three outs, he shut down their top three guys, mm-hmm. Trey Turner, Freddie Freeman. He struck them so all out I, too, didn't he? <clears throat> yep. Yep. So I, I heard I heard the note that he came out. I don't know if he said it, but I heard someone say uh, he was so bad when he first got over there. He was tired. He had just had a baby. His oh. wife just had a baby. So he was well, tired. Well, as dads, we can all relate. <laughs> Kyle. <laughs> I'm tired right now. Yeah, always tired. It's a life of consistent <laughs> tiredness. And, and my daughter is like the queen of sleeping. But still, she's so hard to corral that it's just tiring. Kyle, uh, you have any thoughts on the Dodgers Padres? Uh, I do not. I will. Thanks jump for in. busting my bracket. <laughs> Thanks for busting my bracket. So game one, the Dodgers won, uh, and then from there it was all downhill. Kershaw pitched game two. I don't think he pitched particularly well. I caught bits and pieces of most of these games, um, more so the tail end. Hater just closing it out. In game three and game four and game two. Um, just Hater actually had his first four out save right in, in how many years? I think it was four years, four, maybe 2017 so. or 2018. Um, and he came out and just the atmosphere in San Diego, you can tell that they were craving it, just absolutely craving it. Um, and then the funny thing was Goose on the field in game two. I don't know if you saw that, I'm sure it was all <laughs> over social media. Uh, but that was kind of funny. Um, and I want to give a big shout-out to the announcers in that series. A.J. Pruszynski was the color guy, but Adam Amin, who was the Fox broadcaster, he's also the Chicago Bulls um, lead play-by-play analysis for TV. Adam Amin went to college with me. He actually called my wife's volleyball games in college. Um, so that's a cool Valpo tie. Yeah. And it's just really cool to see people that you know go on to do really cool things. He does NFL yep. games. He does MLB games, playoff games. He's the Bulls, like the city of Chicago, the Bulls voice. So cool shout out to Adam Amin. Uh, really proud of you, man. Keep doing what you're doing. Uh, awesome voice, awesome work ethic. So if you ever get a chance to look at his work, check it out. Then that final series, it's underway right now. I don't believe they've started game five, have they? They have not. They no. have not. Still in a rain delay. Cold front coming in across the southeast uh, of uh, Manhattan and into the um, – okay, sorry. I don't broadcast there. Uh, <laughs> the Yankees and the Guardians. Yankees stole game one in Cleveland, uh, and then game two went 10 innings. But the Guardians, I think, have looked like the better team in this series. We don't know who has won yet as of this recording. By the time you hear this, you will know who has won, unless they postpone the game to tomorrow, but I don't think they'll do that. Michael, what have you thought of this series so far? Uh, the Yankees' lineup, their offensive lineup, has been exposed a little bit. You kind of look around, they've got Judge. Who else do they have? I mean, their guys have not shown their their bats have not shown up, and you kind of look at it; they really don't have the bats necessarily. Yeah, Rizzo um, got bullpen, a home run, I believe, in game one, right? Yeah, and Cabrera, um, and those are the, the only bullpen, two. The bullpen at one point, um, Clay Holmes is their is their closer for this series. Um, I don't know what happened if it's injury, sickness, but Aaron Boone came out and said for game. Um, Three, he was only there for emergency situation. Hmm. 
and the Yankees were winning by two runs in the ninth inning and lost. But Clay Holmes did not come in. Is a two, is a is a save for a playoff series not an emergency situation at all? I mean, he right. didn't pitch. Kyle, it wasn't a Yankee sweep. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Which a lot of us were expecting. Uh, Judge had a rough couple of games, and then Game Three he came out and had the uh, the bomb to I believe tie it up. And the Yankees, as Michael mentioned, had that two run lead going into the ninth. Lost five to four. If I'm Correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, the the Guardians had a three-run bottom of the ninth to walk it off with uh, n- none other than Oscar Gonzalez, I believe, with the uh, SpongeBob SquarePants walk-off. Um, <laughs> I, it's the Josh bull- Naylor showed yeah, up. Yeah, Josh Naylor. He hit a bomb last night, but uh, they lost that game as the Yankees evened it up in Cleveland. Here's the thing. You mentioned it, the bullpen for the Yankees. They're short. They got out. Uh, they went out and they acquired Scott Efros from the Cubs. He's getting Tommy John surgery, so that yeah. was a big arm. Sad to see that big for, win for the Cubs. Yeah, for Scotty Efros, and uh, maybe that could be why they got rid of him. They may have seen something in his delivery or something along the lines that they knew that that was more likely. Who knows? Who knows? But let's give us a scouting win. Let's right. go. Um, I love Scotty Efros. If you listen to him every once in a while on the Compound podcast with Ian Happ, he's really cool to listen to with Dakota and uh, Zach Short, uh, part of the John Boy Media Group. As far as the Yankees, it's their their bullpen. Arolis Chapman isn't with them because he went AWOL. I don't know if you know that story. He uh, yep. he's rehabbing out in Miami, Florida, and he didn't show up to a team meeting, so they left him off the ALCS roster. And then with Scotty Efros. Uh, having to get uh, Tommy John, that would have been a spot that That's Chapman big. probably would have filled. But those are two arms that you don't have. So big arm. I, I don't think the Yankees have the bullpen. And I think that, that there's – that's their one weakness. And you mentioned the bats haven't been there. DJ LeMay, who hasn't been himself. Glaber Torres hasn't been himself. You can't look through that lineup. Josh Donaldson, he's just been a guy. I don't I – don't, hear too much about Josh Donaldson blowing the cover off the ball. Uh, you've got Kiner Falefa at short, um, who's the name, but and Cabrera in the outfield. But you've got Judge. Stanton hasn't been the same since earlier this year with his injuries. And uh, you've got a different catcher. You don't have Gary Sanchez back there like you did. He got traded to the Twins earlier in the offseason. So it's just – This is the – the Yankees and Guardians are the lowest scoring series out mm-hmm. of the four series. Seems to be a night game too matchup there, Mikey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, just because uh, the Yankees suck. Yeah. So one thing I did want to present, a new, a new thing this week. Players of the Week or Players of the Weekend. If you had an award to give, who would you give the Player of the Week to? Kyle, we'll go with you first. Put me on I'm the give spot. it to Kirby. Just because he was absolutely shoved when probably nobody expected him to. Yeah, that's a good one. I mean, as Michael mentioned earlier in the show, double A is where he started the season, and he's pitching in a win-or-go-home game, basically, for the Mariners. And he did all he could to keep him in. Michael, you've Mm -hmm. got a a player that you would give player of the weekend to? Um, I I want to just look at the Phillies lineup and decide. Um, It sounds like a big pick. Uh, my second place would be Gene Segura, batting, batting near the bottom of the order for the Phillies. I think he finished 333. But, yeah. you know, everybody hates the guy, but Bryce Harper finally showed up. Mm-hmm. He had he had a great year to start the year, hurt his pinky, 
Came back pretty quick. Thought he hurt his elbow. Did he hurt his elbow? I'm I think sure he's got to hit Tommy Pinky. John surgery in his elbow. Who? Bryce Harbor. No, this this July he broke oh, his. He pinky. did break his hand, but I also think he's got to get Tommy John surgery. Oh right, that was the whole year. Yeah, he, yeah That's yeah. why he was DHing. Yeah, yeah. But Bryce Harper, I mean, he showed he. I think he was batting four twenty nine for that series. Yeah, Bryce so, Harper came I out. My... Um, I know Reese Hoskins had a good game game three, but he lost them game two in my mind with his fielding, and he also made a big error in game three. Uh, well, I don't think it was considered an error because they got an out on a double play, but he literally dropped a double play ball. Some could look at uh, you know, the guy who hit two home runs, one to walk it off, and one for the two-run comeback in game two, Jordan Alvarez. I think that's the easy give for player of the weekend. But I'm going to give it to two people, and it's not going to be the two that you think. Uh, the Nola brothers are going to be playing in the NLCS versus each other. Um, Aaron Nola and Austin Nola, who's the catcher for the Padres, they're going to be playing against each other this week uh, in the NLCS. You grow up competing with your brothers. I don't have a brother. That's the one thing I think I wish I had growing up. I don't have a brother, but competing with a brother and making it to the ultimate level I think is one of the coolest things, and I'm going to give it to them. Hey, gang. We wanted to take a break from the booze and ball talk to talk about some booze and ball apparel. Walk-Offs and Whiskey is doing something special for you, the listeners. Head over to walkoffsandwhiskey.com and use the code BNB at checkout, and you'll get 10% off your purchase. That's code BNB at checkout, and you'll get 10% off your purchase. Now, let's get back to the show. All right, now that we've recapped the ALDS and the NLDS series, and we're still awaiting one of those ALDS winners, let's break down the next round. The NLCS, we know the matchup. The six-seed Philadelphia Phillies versus the four-seed San Diego Padres, just as everybody drew it up. Uh, <laughs> Mikey, what are your first thoughts or impressions on this series? Did you think the Padres would be getting home field advantage in the NLCS? I'm really, I'm not too surprised that the Padres are there. I am surprised the Phillies are there. Of course, because I had the Braves mowing them down. I also didn't mm-hmm. know if they were going to get by the first round because the NL East was... Braves, Mets, Braves, Mets, Braves, Mets, and the Phillies came, mm-hmm. you know, tiptoeing in like, hey, we're here too. Um, Kyle? I'm very interested to see these bats that we've seen in the postseason from the Phillies against this Padres pitching. Mm-hmm. Who have been studs as yeah, well. We got, we've got five studs in this series pitching-wise. Mike, who would you give the better pitching staff? Like, who would you rank out of the two as better pitching staff? Uh, rotation or just overall bullpen and rotation? Mm, both. Give me your give me thoughts on both. I think they're one two. San Diego's got Darvish and then Musgrove. Both of those you could be an, an would be an ace on any team. Uh, Philly has Nola and Wheeler. Again, the years they've mm-hmm. had could be an ace on any team. Um, so I I think I have to give the edge to the Padres. A little more experience. Nola is, you know, been around a few years, but uh, yeah, I, th- I think he's still young. I think this is his pr- first playoff series. Um, Wheeler's been around because he was on the Mets for a little bit. He was like their number four guy mm-hmm. coming around behind the Grom and Syndergaard and Matt Harvey. But rotation and pitching, I think I got to give it to the Padres. Kyle, do you have any thoughts on who I think wins? 
Well, who you think wins, the pitching staff of both teams, like who would you give the the better better matchup to? I think the Padres have the best pitching. I'm curious to see they have Darvish starting game one. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to see. I, I, last time I checked, the Phillies hadn't announced who their pitching matchup is going to be. But So it's going to be Darvish versus Wheeler and then Nola versus Blake Snell in game two. Snell. Uh, yeah, Snell is who they've gone with with Game 2 in both series so far. He pitched in Game 2 versus the Cardinals, and then he also pitched in uh, Game 2 versus the uh, the uh, the Braves. Uh, both both teams, I think, have two stud number two, well, one and twos. Yeah. The question is, once the f- series turns to Philly, who are the Phillies going to be throwing? you're probably going to go with Ranger Suarez. And then game four, are you going with a bullpen game? Are you going to throw Kyle Gibson, who had a pretty rough year, but he came off a pretty good year of last year? Cinder I would give the Padres. A center guard, that's right. He got traded. So he pitched in game three uh, or game four versus the Braves. He started. Um, he pitched in relief for yeah. game one or two. He, he, so, one, of the, one of the longer games. So I guess you go... Excuse me, you got me with the bourbon in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> There's a drop. <laughs> Mark that one, Kyle. You got me with the bourbon in your mouth. Um, I guess I would throw Thor in game three and see if you could do a Gibson or Suarez piggyback in game four, and then you go through the one through three again and figure out games four, five, six, and seven from there. This is a best of seven series. This is the first one of the playoffs. Uh, it's going to take four wins for the best team to move on. I think this goes seven, honestly. Yeah, I think I think, I think this goes seven. That's why I don't understand. I think Musgrove's their number two guy, you know, arguably number one. And if you can get him on rest enough to pitch potentially game just seven, pitch game four, right? So he game did. two, that's, that's game true. two being on Wednesday, game seven finish on Saturday, he would be on shorter rest. So that's probably why they go with him in game three. But you should be able to have him throw several innings in Game 7 if need be. That's true. Coming back uh, right. on the back end there. Um, That's true. I do think, I think out of the two series, this one's going to be the more interesting one to watch. Of course. I agree 100% with that. So let's go right into predictions. Michael, between the Padres and the Phillies, who do you think comes away with this? I think the Padres put up that fight against L.A. Philly did come up hot against Atlanta. Um, I think San Diego comes away with it. So that means that Philadelphia is going to win. <laughs> put all your money on the Phillies. Michael just picked the Padres. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle, thoughts? I'm also going to pick the Padres just from what we saw. Uh, oh, yeah. It's, it's making it worse. I know. I'm also in that. I, I'm the superstitious type, and you hear that anytime the Phillies win the World Series, we go into a recession, and nobody <laughs> needs that right now. So, Padres, do me good. Uh, my wallet and my pocketbook says, let's go Phillies, because I've got a 35-1 to 1 ticket on the Phillies since April. So that would make me feel good about myself. Uh, but I think pitching and defense wins championships. Defense has not been the Phillies' strong suit so far through the playoffs. They've skirted through some big errors because their offense has bailed them out. You can do that in a shorter series, but in a seven-game series, I think that cream rises to the top. 
Look at the Padres. They they did all they could. They've got one of the most underrated hitters in the league in Josh Bell. Right? They've got the offense to match the Phillies, and they've got a defense that can trump the Phillies along with their bullpen I would give a slight edge to. Uh, the Phillies don't necessarily have a designated closer. They've gone with Zach Eflin in some games, and I believe was it Matt Dominguez in a couple. Um, so Sir I'm, I'm thinking – was that? Oh, I'm sorry, Matt. I thought it was Sir, Sir Anthony. That's oh, Anthony. Name. Yeah. Sir, Sir Anthony. Yeah. Uh, I think it's Dominguez, right? Am I wrong? If, yeah. if I'm wrong, let me know. Yeah. No, uh, I don't know for confidence. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're supposed to go with confidence. I'm saying it's Dominguez. Um, but I, I think the, the Padres are going to move on to the World Series. Yeah. Speaking mm. of the defenses, I mean, the only plus plus defenders that the Phillies have in their field. Schwarber in left field is not a plus defender. <laughs> Castellanos in the outfield is not a plus defender. Uh, Alec Baum, Alec Bohm, I don't, you know, he's not a at plus third. He's at no. third at third base. Reese Hoskins, as we saw. So your only guys is maybe Real Muto, but then Real for Muto. sure he's... Stott and Segura up the middle. Mm-hmm. And you build up the middle. Marsh is decent in center field, but... I'd say the Padres get the edge in pitching and defense, and that's normally what wins you championships. So moving on to the next series, we don't know the exact matchup as of this recording. It's either going to be the Yankees versus the Astros or the Guardians versus the Astros. Whoever wins that first series that we mentioned will be on the road either way because Houston has home field advantage throughout the playoffs. Uh, Mike, first thoughts on this series? On the ALCS uh, it's yeah, the ALCS. It's going to be Houston. Whoever, whoever, who, it doesn't matter who it is, Yankees or Guardians, it's going to be Houston. They have the rotation. They got the bats. As I preached about the Braves in the beginning of the series, just because I don't like the Astros and what they've done and their players for the for the past championships and past playoff runs, um, but they're a well-rounded team. And whoever it is, Guardians, Yankees, it's going to be the Astros moving on to the World Series again. Are you only saying that just because you know I'm the only one who picked the Astros in the World Series and you're trying to put the bonkers and put the whammy on the Astros? Uh, Go Phillies! <laughs> no, I agree 100%. Whoever plays the Astros, it's going to be the Astros. I said it in our podcast, I think, before this all started. Was it week three? Our, our podcast, our third episode where I said that the Astros look like a different team this year. They've come out with an edge. They've come out with that flair like no one's going to beat us. They looked like it in those games. They were down in two of the three games versus the Mariners, and they just pimped it out and came across. And I don't think they played their best baseball in that series. They were a little rusty maybe at times. They gave up but the lead early. They, oh, they pimped it out. <laughs> that, that whole <laughs> they run. pimped it out, baby. Oh. That that game one walk off by Jordan, oh my! And if that doesn't give you chills watching it, um, he's got just, a beautiful swing. Lefty swing, man. Those lefties. But uh, I think whoever wins the Yankees Guardians series, and I think it's actually going to be the Guardians that move on rather than the Yankees. I, I think the so. Guardians have a better defensive team, a better pitching overall outside of the rotation i think the rotation the yankees may slightly have the edge there but once you get past that third arm and into the bullpen the yankees just 
they don't look like the team that they looked like in the first half of the year, and they've kind of been piecemealed together since then. So the Astros if Jose go Ramirez hits a home run, the Guardians will win. Yep, and I think I've got money that the Guardians are going to win. I could look like an idiot when you guys are listening to this uh, the next day, but we all have Houston moving on, and we all have the Padres moving on. So you heard it here. The Yankees Guardians are going to be playing the Phillies in the playoffs because we picked the other teams. <laughs> <laughs> so moving on from that, I did want to update you after this series. There are five teams remaining as of now. Gambling odds from FanDuel uh, put the Astros as the extreme favorite at plus 140. So that's basically 1.4 to 1. Um, so in order to win $140, you'd have to pay $100. Uh, $100 wins you 320 for the Padres at plus 320. The Phillies are three, plus 340, so they are the third favorite, and the Yankees are plus 500. The Guardians, if you think that they've got enough to win the World Series right now, they're at plus 1,300, which are pretty good odds for the final five remaining teams. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're probably going to be a different number as you hear this. They could be zero, or they could be mm-hmm. a little bit closer to plus 500. Speaking of that, in gambling or breaking things down, the Barrels and Barrels Bourbon and Baseball Bracket Challenge. Um, we had a lot of entrants. I believe we're at uh, the the nine mark. <laughs> Do you have a lighter in front of you, Michael? <laughs> might, might as well. Might as well just put it. This is a piece of poop right here. You, you said it's getting kind of warm down there. Um, is it something that you want to light on fire to warm the house up? Yeah, it would. No. Be, it, I might as well just flush it down the toilet. Well, right now, to recap our standings, depending on the outcome of the Guardians and the Yankees series, right now Kyle Rhodes sits on top with three total points out of a total of potentially <laughs> that's how bad we are. <laughs> He's got three total points <laughs> out of a total of what could be 12. Uh, I have two, and Michael has a total of one point. <laughs> Which which was the NL Wild Card Series of him picking the Phillies correctly. Um, as far as the leaders in the clubhouse on the listener side, James Spinner leads with four or five, excuse me. Uh, Ashley Rhodes with four. Jake Plasmeyer has four. So does Joseph Campbell. But Jake Plasmeyer is the only one who picked the Guardians to move on. So if the Guardians move on, Jake, you will have six. A lot of everybody else will have two more to their point total because they also picked the Yankees. So after Jake uh, and Joseph Campbell at four, it now then jumps down to Kristen Swilly with three. Kyle Braves and Bourbon has two. Same with Jerry Frassire. Man, a lot of Plasmire and Frassire. They got to be best friends. Uh, And then Amy Spinner sitting with one point. Mary Harris, sorry, but you are O for everything at this point in time. But thank you for listening. You never know. Yeah, I'm right she there doesn't with have, she she had the same bracket as you, Michael, basically. So um, yeah, we're right there with you. Uh a rough a rough bracket challenge. But hey, that's what makes the playoffs fun and interesting is you never know how it's gonna go and how it's gonna win who's gonna win, who's gonna make it to the that's finals. Baseball, so, baby. Yeah, and it's nice to see a four and a six seed make it rather than just straight chalk of ones and twos, which a lot of people expected out of the NL. Nobody thought the Braves or the Dodgers were going to lose their series. No one. So other than maybe Padres fans and Phillies fans. 
So moving on to the next item on the list is Sober October. We're doing that with our friends over at Reaching for the Bars, over there, uh, Trey and to Chad and uh, Caleb and Mabry. Uh, our buddies over at Reaching for the Bars, if you haven't heard by now, we're doing the Sober October Challenge. It's basically a health and fitness challenge, but also no drinking booze. Cheers with my smoke wagon. Uh, 100 push-ups a day, 200 uh, air squats a day, drinking on a half of your body weight in ounces of water and hitting your macronutrients all are basically everything you have to do. You earn extra points for extra activities. You can go check out their Instagram and their podcast, Reaching for the Bars for all the rules. But Kyle and I, we've been participating in this. This is day 17. Kyle, I know you said last week your legs were sore. Uh, it was hard to avoid the temptation of food, but you're doing pretty good. How was the week off? You were off on vacation for a week, so you're away from the studio food. But you may have had other different draws. How how'd it go? Uh, I did partake in, uh, it was my brother-in-law's birthday. So no sweets, even though no sugar isn't on the list. It was on the podcast, but it wasn't on the list. Uh, I did have pizza, so I took points for the day. Uh, But still doing everything else. Legs are feeling about the same. Push-ups are getting, (laughs) push-ups are getting easier. But, uh, yeah. Today was cardio and then 200 air squats, and that's not fun. So if you're wondering, Michael asked me what I was drinking. I'm also drinking a Coke Zero Sugar Cherry because this is zero calories and there was no soda or pop um, designation. Uh, I call it pop. Some people call it soda pop. Some people call it pop. Some people down south call it it a Coke. Coke. (laughs) (laughs) I'll have an orange Coke. Um, What kind of Coke you want? Uh, I'll take a grape Coke. Uh, as far as myself, I've found that the push-ups are getting easier. Air squats still suck. Uh, the water has become a normal thing. I used to drink a lot of water, so that's not a hard thing for me. This week was all about temptation. I had family in town. My dad was in town. It was his birthday. He tried to guilt trip me into having a poor bourbon for his birthday. You're not going to drink with me on my birthday? I was like, no. Uh, oh, my brother-in-law man, was wow. in town. Yeah, my brother-in-law was in town. Um, he's a fun guy. He asked me to have a beer with him on Saturday night. I was like, hey, man, I can't. Um, we did go out to eat a couple of times, but I went with the uh, the grilled chicken breast and some veggies. Um, I did partake in a fried pickle, but uh, I made sure all of my food fit in my macros. And then Sunday morning we went out to breakfast, and I got an egg white omelet with uh, some protein and some um uh, some toast there to fit my macro. So this past week was hard because everybody else was eating bad food. There was cupcakes in the house. My dad's drinking bourbon. He's drinking my bourbon. Uh, He's drinking my bourbon. (laughs) It's like I can't even drink my own bourbon and somebody else is drinking it. Um, My brother-in-law was here. I got him a six-pack of Braxton Brewing uh, beer. So I would have loved to partake in that. Um, So that that was hard, the temptation. But staying strong, the only negatives I've taken so far are the three podcast pours. Um, so fingers crossed I continue cheers. to stay that way. But cheers to Michael and cheers to you, Kyle, for staying strong. Uh, again, Sober October, you can go check our guys Reaching for the Bars. Um, that is at Reaching for the Bars on Instagram, and you can find them wherever you get your podcasts. 
So that's Sober October wrap-up. I am down some weight. I know you're down a couple of pounds there, Kyle, right? So Mm -hmm. I feel lighter. I feel better. Mm -hmm. I feel like I have more energy. Um, But after this past weekend, today was tough just trying to get back into the routine. I'm hungry. Like, that's the big thing. I'm hungry all the Mm -hmm. time. Um, Pro tip, if you're a fan of pickles and if you're a fan of cucumbers or celery, there's like zero calories in that. That's a good filler. Or sugar-free Jello. There's your tip. If you want to start losing weight but stay full, there you go. Eat a shit ton of celery and a ton of pickles or jello. Uh, so next week, this is as we are starting to wrap up our episode this week. Next week, we will know for the most part uh, as we record the NLCS and the ALCS. We could mess around with our recording schedule, so uh, we don't know exactly when we'll record, but. Uh, there's a good chance we'll know at least one of the winners of the NLCS or ALCS. We'll preview the World Series, break that down, have a look at the breakdown of those games and where you should be able to watch that. Recap our terrible trash brackets if Michael can find his after lighting it on fire. And we'll also update our sober October weeks because we will be in the home stretch by next week, Kyle. We're past halfway. As Michael said, we're halfway there. Um, well... As always, you can find us on Instagram. We changed that, but Michael, you didn't change your Instagram handle. What is that? Where can we find it's you? Still BNB underscore Burns. Kyle? BNB underscore Rhodes. And I am at whiskey underscore weather on Instagram. You can also find me if you're looking for my professional page for some reason, WX Spinner. Uh, on our Instagram, you can find the show, Barrels N, Barrels Pod. That is a new handle. Again, that is at Barrels, the letter N, Barrels Pod. That's also the same on Twitter, but Twitter is Barrels and Barrels. Facebook, Barrels and Barrels Pod. And YouTube, just look up Barrels and Barrels of Bourbon and Baseball Podcast. If you have an email, you have a question, if you want to send us something to try or sample. Speaking of that, we've got a couple of bourbons and some whiskeys to sample here over the next couple of weeks. A big shout-out to Jepson's Bourbon. We've got Keeper's Heart as well as Cali Distillery. And we've got a couple other bottles potentially on the way that we'll be sampling for you and reviewing over the next couple of weeks. So big shout out to them if you are a distillery and you'd like us to feature your product just send us an email email barrels and barrels at gmail.com as always find us on spotify apple podcasts google podcasts and iheart radio and you can stream us on youtube every episode is up there and ready to roll boys it's been fun i'm looking forward to next week and anything else to say Nope, I think well, I'm excited for th- for these matchups coming up. Um, there, there was one funny moment from the Seattle Mariners that we didn't we didn't talk about. Zach Greinke went to the game and sat in the stands unrecognized. <laughs> That's I, incredible. I, I posted it to my story, but uh, his wife posted a post. You can go find it on, I think Emily Greinke. You can just search for that. And he was wearing a Bass Pro Shops hoodie and a fishing <laughs> hat, and went unrecognized. That's incredible, Kyle. Anything? Let's go. Let's go. Oh, one thing I did want to throw out there. Bob Costas, stop broadcasting. It's Shane Beaver, not Justin Beaver, you turd. Who's Justice Beaver? <laughs> and that Michael! Is the, yeah, and that is... <laughs> Michael! <laughs> Michael got the reference. And that is the final part of episode five of Barrels and Barrels. Thank you for watching. Have a great rest of your day, and let's go Phillies. (laughs) Let's go.